and Grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to episode 176 of There's No Place Like Terror, first Stargate, first watch, rewatch. I am Nixie. And I'm Grace. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Fuck that up real good, real early. Today we are watching. <laughs> Welcome to Monster Peace Theater. We're <laughs> watching the one with the race. Uh, today, <laughs> today we're watching Atlantis, season one. I just had this weird sense of anxiety that I watched the wrong episode. Oh. Season one, episode 12, The Defiant One. Yes, you watched the right one. Okay. I don't know where that came from. I don't, because we didn't watch it together. That's why. We weren't uh, able to watch it together. willy-nilly watched whatever so the hell feared. we wanted. Yeah. yeah. Um, AKA, cue the red shirts. AKA, <laughs> don't split the party. Don't AKA, split the party. AKA, what about the bugs? Those were left <laughs> unfinished. I'm very angry. I'm I need sure to know more. This few ones died. I need to know more. Um, I do like I do like red shirts. Um, yes, <laughs> I do like red shirts. I also. Um, I mean, there were a few Star Trek references in general. There was multiple Star Trek okay. references. Um, I'm just gonna call it episode four, the, the episode episode twelve, the voyage home. <laughs> I like it. It sort of encompasses. Yeah, we'll think of a good one. Yeah, red shirts so far as blue it's, shirts. Oh, the blue shirts. The blue shirts. Yeah, that works. Well, we'll is the there. voyage home the one with the whales? Yeah. Okay. That's the one where it goes. Everyone remember computer. where we parked? Yeah. And you like cloak with the cloak ship, <laughs> literally, straight. Literally, from. same thing. Um. So, D and D update. Oh yeah. Um. We. we you know, last night we played D and D with Sam, with the old be- crew, who's becoming uh, like. The, the Fist She's, of the Wind. Yeah, it's, it's currently the Fist of the Wind. There's probably some future name change coming. I, but then I'm saying this is the one with Sam, who Sam is increasingly still heavily inspired by Samantha Sam Carter. And, and also Helen Magnus, but also some weird other creature who I'm not sure yet. Uh-huh. Um, Just some strange fire starter. <laughs> She's a little pyro, but and beginning can becoming more so as she gets more powered. It started with a very happy festival making. You were doing archery competitions. I, we were doing archery. I broke an art. I broke a bow. You broke a bow. Because I'm was an asshole. sitting and tinkering. Yeah. Um, um, Nick's barbarian. Friend Amanda has a really cool fucking character. Really cool character. Um, um, Nick's muck broke up a fight with kids and taught oh, he like he had an after school special he going did on. have an after school special and then mr muck rogers i believe is his new name mr. i'm gonna we're gonna knit That's him awesome. a wool sweater i'm gonna do it <laughs> uh and then shit went sideways yeah uh, so this area couldn't have fire for reasons that are far too complicated to explain well, but yeah first there was a creepy like whipping of the prisoners thing yeah because something someone stole an artifact so they decided to punish all of the prisoners they had weird shit weird and then, shit and then as the two magic users which i'm a magic user but i'm not nearly as powerful of a magic user as our wizard in the group our got friend to, mr phil mr phil got to attend the ceremony that ended with a giant explosion of the magic library Yay! And 
a fire elemental coming out. We're we're third level characters, so a fire elemental coming so out and attacking us. This <laughs> giant thing, it easily takes up like what? It took up like nine squares? Something like that. I I stopped for a second and I looked at our DM who happens to be domestic partner Jesse and I said, Hey, hey, real quick, I think you have the wrong things he's like we're no. only third level characters yeah he's like no. trying to joke at a joke and to help us out and he goes no you're fine and i'm like we're not fine the map was so big that instead of each square being a square five feet yeah it was 30 each square was 30 feet yeah um because things because reasons yeah so Basically, there's a lot of, I don't know what to do. This uh-huh. thing can move eight times faster than us. Yeah. Run around with your hair on fire. While you guys all went, let's go attack the giant fire monster. I went, my main weapon is fire. Uh-huh. Don't attack fire with fire. So that's not going to work. So Regardless went- <laughs> of what the old sayings say. <laughs> so I'm back to save the more powerful wizards as a way of let's get the adults involved with this. <laughs> I happened to steal a couple books while running through the library because it's me. Uh-huh. Um, ended up while well, you guys found horses and tried to catch up with it. We, yeah, yeah, we're literally trying to save the city. <laughs> I saved one of the head magic users. Well, let's let's be clear. Yeah. Friend Amanda's character and mine. It's yeah, tried to save the city. No, 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 it was it. So it was really cool because at the end, well, I don't want to ruin your ending. So go to your ending, and then we'll go back and tell people the funny part about that. So I saved the magic user. I've taken three levels of exhaustion. (laughs) Which, if you play D anD D, you know that that's not a good thing. So many not good. (laughs) I was very bad. So needless to say, because my speeds halved. And I'm already, you know, a, a, a tiny, a tiny gnome. Uh, the powerful wizard picked me up to carry me through the library. <laughs> Ended up, as I discovered later, using his last wish spell. Like a, a fucking wish spell. He broke his own finger. Yeah, he broke his own finger to get the ring off that was melted to his hand. Oh. To wish me to the 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 forge, which had whatever thing that this fire monster wanted, mm-hmm. and so it's just me in a forge. On he top basically of the teleports you to the monster. He teleported me to the monster. Now, mind you, at the same time, this is complete synergy. Like this is yeah. just how it went down. <laughs> we could not have planned this more perfectly. In the meantime, friend Amanda has a ranger, uh-huh. really cool uh, um, ranger. Um, little gnome ranger with two gnomes. A little tiny gnome ranger, and then my fighter. I'm like basically up on this monster, yeah, hitting it. Mm-hmm. I'm hitting a fire monster uh-huh. with a stick, yeah, and basically. somehow it's working. <laughs> and um, and I and and, and uh, friend Amanda's like just shooting things at it. So yeah. while we're over here shooting things and shooting things and shooting things and going, when will this thing die? And our poor barbarian, Nick's poor barbarian, is like, I have nothing range and I can't reach it. He was so frustrated the yeah. whole night because he had nothing to, he couldn't yeah. get to it, yeah, because it's moving too fast. So I'm teleported into a into the forge, yeah. and the forge guy, the, the blacksmith, is like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" And I'm like, "Hi, now go carry." He's like, "It's three hundred pounds," and we're ye- literally yelling at each other. Yeah, 
as it breaks down the, the door. The only thing that keeps you from killing it as you guys are yelling at each other is that I fucking finally got to trip it. So basically. Because that's all I've been trying to do the whole time. It fell into the door and it's yeah. trying to get to the meteorite to absorb its energy. And I'm like, I have acid. And I throw the acid at it and kill For it. For the one hit point that it had left. <laughs> the one hit point. <laughs> Sam went, you did this? I did this. <laughs> but it was... Meanwhile, Lily and Danae are like, we're fucking exhausted. And she's like, hey, I killed it. Well, with, I mean, in fairness, you were with, exhausted Yeah, too. I was like literally... But it literally had exhausted. one hit point left. <laughs> one fucking hit point left. It was a bunch of... And in the middle of all that, in the middle of all that... A silver. We never saw it, but but um, Leoric, Mister Phil's character, saw it. A goddamn motherfucking silver dragon. Oh no! I think I saw out. it. Did you? Yeah, I saw it because he someone he gave me this the because he's like you will know you know what it is. Okay, well, but yeah, silver uh, dragon. A silver dragon broke out of the library and just like took off. Yeah, but silver dragons are good. They are, but is it is this like a literally a Harry Potter keeping yeah. the dragon in the bottom of the library we and now released it's a piss it. situation? We released it. We saved it. We did it, Patrick. We saved the city. <laughs> Everything's on fire. Everything is on fire. Fire. Sorry. So we'll see where things go from now, but now we're level four. But also we're we have like a really cool one shot that we'll get to tell you guys about next week. Yes. Because Domestic partner Jesse's birthday's coming up. Yes. So we're doing a real fun one shot with another friend of the pod. Yes. <laughs> um, a friend of the pod who has not been technically on the show, but we've been true. on his show. Yeah. We'll get him here. Yeah, actually, I don't know that he's a Stargate person. He's not really. Yeah. That's fine. We'll get him on some tangent cast. Yeah. Will he actually be interested yeah. in? Yeah. Oh, just you wait. The men can talk. <laughs> you think I talk. Yeah. But it'll be good times. Um, it was fun. It was a thing. Yeah. We did um, things. And I am reaching, I am reaching, I am on episode 112 of Vox Machina, so we will very soon have a tangent cast. Oh, yeah, yeah we yeah. can do that. No, we're very soon having a tangent cast about okay. Vox Machina. I'm good with that. <laughs> about the first campaign for Critical Role. Because Nixie's not obsessed at all. I don't know what you're talking about. You remember that whole <laughs> thing where I just casually like things? Uh, super just uh, surface-like. Surface-like. Mm-hmm. I don't really get down deep into things. Things don't literally take over my entire you, existence. To the point to the point of you love things so fervently that you you make me question whether I like anything <laughs> at all. Like, do I even <laughs> like things? What if I don't even like things? I, uh, I think that's my superpower. Yeah. <laughs> Because I don't know that I like anything that way. I think my superpower is just how in-depth into... Like, listen, I have watched... It's been over two months, just barely over two months, but I've watched the entire first campaign in just over two months. (laughs) That's not healthy, A. Uh And B, it's not like I've been not doing anything else except for this. Sure. (laughs) <laughs> totally. November fifteenth, two thousand five, or maybe January twenty eighth. No, uh-huh. November two thousand four. Jan- Listen, what? here's the thing, okay, people. All of a sudden, the dates for these fucking episodes got confusing. Huh. One website has as November fifteenth, two thousand and four. Another website has January twenty two thousand five. I don't know when this fucking episode aired anymore. November fifteenth and or January twenty eighth. And like the rest of the whole season is fucked that way. Ooh. So I don't know when episodes aired anymore. That's exciting. At all. 
So somewhere, somewhere, no, wait, it would be 2015 or January 2006. No. It would be 05, 05 or 06. I wrote this down wrong. Got it. It's 04 to 05. 05. Somewhere in the winter of 04 to somewhere. 05. Got it. The one thing I do know, it was both written and directed by Peter Deloise. Hey, I know him. So um, Richard Ian Cox mm-hmm. is Dr. Gull. Um, he's actually best known for his voice work, the one that most people probably know him from. I have never watched this show. However, the uh, Adult Swim commercial for this show is ingrained in my head like a motherfucking meme. <laughs> Inuyasha! Oh, wow. <laughs> this is what we used to yell instead of Marco Polo in stores to find each other. Oh, wow. We still yell it to this day. Inuyasha! Kagome! Inuyasha! <laughs> he's, he's the voice of Inuyasha. Got it. That's literally the only thing I know about that show is that Adult Swarm commercial. I've never really got into. Is that technically anime? It is. Or is it? Is it just American voice dubbing? Do I we think know? it is technically an anime. I don't know my way around anime. I don't either. I unfortunately uh, never really got into it. Um, I however, don't know that world. Many, many, many of my friends are super into uh, that world. Yeah. And you have to watch Cowboy Bebop. I've I did, and then I was just like, "Where's the corgi?" And <laughs> I didn't get far enough in to have the corgi. I got an episode and a half in. Just skip the first ones. That's what I do with all of life because Basically. I don't know how to love things as hard as you do. I, I have tried because one. I figured if I'm going to love anything, it's Cowboy Bebop, and mm-hmm. I can't explain to you. The animation is beautifully done, but it's animation I like as a still and don't necessarily love as moving. It's like, I understand it's really a beautiful art form, but it's oh, somehow yeah. not one that I can get emotionally invested in. I don't know why that is. I wonder what it is. I don't know. However, Avatar... Maybe, well, it's because of our to. American sensitivity. Because it it's not real anime. It 100% is. It's Nickelodeon. And I knew, and I knew that's something 100%, I knew Avatar going in was an Americanized animation style, and somehow that was able to keep my interest. Yeah. It's got to be something. I'm just an uncultured swine. We're just terrible humans. We have puffy. Basically. I'm a horrible American. Basically. Uh, James is back as all the Wraith ever. Ever. Oh, yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to address, because it's something that's going around the Stargate community right now, uh, the whole situation of Stargate expiring on Hulu. Oh. There is really conflicted reports. Oh, I did see that it says expires. It does. Now, some soon. people have contacted Hulu specifically called Hulu and contacted them and it's like, no, it's not actually expiring. We don't have it anywhere on expiration list. It's not going anywhere. Other people have called Hulu and said, like, SG-1 is staying, but Atlantis and Universe is leaving. Other people have called and goes, no, it's expiring on Wednesday. Other people have called and goes, no, we have, it's completely staying. So uh, we don't know. Come Wednesday, we'll find out. Yeah. Now, do we have other options to watch it? I know um, it's on Prime. It is still on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Um, it is still, if anyone subscribed, and I know we have to the Stargate-specific oh, streaming yes. service. Yeah, it's on there. Um, I also have most of all the seasons on Blu-ray and DVD for us. So are they available to watch? No, I'm just saying for listeners. Yeah. Are they available to buy still? Yes, they're also, out of the they're world. 100%. So they're not out of print. No, they're not out of print in any way. They're not out of print. They're on no. Amazon Prime. And we have options. 
seconds. They are actually now. I someone correct me if I'm wrong because I have old DVD versions of almost all of SG One, but everything that's available to be on Blu-ray is. I don't know if they've oh. gone back and digitized the early seasons of SG One, but all of the the last couple seasons of SG One. Um, do not look up SG One on Amazon, Grace. I see your finger hovering over I was Amazon. See if it was available. You can't look up SG One. You can look up the other ones. Okay. There's reasons that you cannot go up SG One. Okay, I'm gonna look up Atlantis. Can you I can look, look up, up Atlantis? Atlantis. Okay. Um, Atlantis. Well, you don't have to look up Atlantis. Atlantis, I know for a fact, is available oh, okay. on Blu-ray, as same as Universe. Got it. Got it. And I, like I said, I know they're all out. My only question is, I don't know if the early seasons are out on Blu-ray, okay. like a digital high-res version. Here, I'll let you look if you want. Um, we'll just tell you. For later. now, I did the math, and um, <laughs> you can pay as much for Amazon as you do for Hulu, if not less. Yeah, because it just feels like more because you pay it once. Because you year. pay it all, all yeah. at once. Yeah. <laughs> no, we have both. We enjoy both. Um, we're yeah. also going to use that Prime membership for Twitch for reasons. That I like I Amazon. Also, Good Omens is on there. Mm. Good Omens is amazing. If you haven't seen it, yeah, I have not seen it yet. Holy crap we will have a tangent cast on that hopefully too even if it's a real short one so we can just gush when you are done watching it we do know how amazing good omens is well we're playing this game yeah um i will take um what is it council yes i will see counselor to all our listeners i have two weeks left in this class you can do it shit class if i do nothing else for the rest of the class <laughs> i can still pass with a passing grade that's the important part now remember grace is it's a grace. a grace so do i continue to do the work and get a good grade or do i just get the passing grade now here's another caveat yes this is not through my school nope this is a summer program through one of the jc's mm-hmm. um and the grade the gpa does not transfer Here's the thing, because you are enough of me that you're not going to completely quit. Yeah. However. Except I might a little bit. Well, it's more if you're not going to. It's conservation of energy. Yeah. You're not going to go over the board and completely stress yourself out and pull out nighters to study. Uh-huh. But you'll glance over the notes. You'll take in what you can in the but time But I've that already you have. not, like, there's already one homework due today that I haven't started. <laughs> you know, you'll fill out what you can in the Fair. time that you have. Yeah. You're going to take the test and, like, guess at least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are multiple choice. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's just conservation of energy. That's what I'll do. Yeah. I can make that work. Yeah. (laughs) All right. It's almost 20 minutes in and we should maybe talk about Stargate. What are you even talking about? So we start with a few new blue shirts on the back of a jumper while John teaches McKay how to fly the jumper or fly the baby, like, in a straight-ish worst straight line you've ever seen in your life uh-huh i mean in space all motion is relative right sure sure except when not so in the back gall even though there's like inertial dampeners he's not feeling anything gall knows he's moving therefore he knows he's getting motion sick i've been there look he i've is. been there because i've been given nausea medication but i'm like no i know that this makes yeah. me feel nauseated so therefore i might be you're an nauseated. indoor kid uh-huh. Calls also an interkinetic yeah. hunch. Um, so apparently, uh, they're on their way to the satellite, the Lagrange Point satellite mm-hmm. that Gaul discovered, so therefore Gaul gets to go see it. I don't know what the fuck Abrams did, but Abrams there too. Yeah. So when 
when driving a jumper, mm-hmm. keep your hands at nine and three and never <laughs> take your hands off the yeah. controls. This is why parents get someone to teach their kids. Turn how to down drive. the radio. Turn down the what? Don't be <laughs> fidgeting with things. <laughs> Don't text while flying. Yep. But it can wait. <laughs> Sorry, what other dumb things are there? So also, uh, John does take over the controls as it get closer to the satellite. It is a big, beautiful, dark crystal satellite, by the way. It's a giant seen, snowflake ship. If you haven't seen the dark crystal trailer, oh my god, it's so good. I have um, not seen it. If you seriously have not seen the Dark Crystal trailer... I live under a rock called Biology for pre-med students. And then before that, I lived under a different rock. I literally am tempted to pause this podcast. No, we will do it after. Okay. Um, but this Dark Crystal is about the size of a gold mothership. I've decided it's a snowflake it's and it's fine. Christmastown. Okay. They're going to Christmastown. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Um, and it's on the edge of the solar system. It was apparently the ancients' last line of defense bef- before Atlantis. Just, the solar system is big, and there's, like, a lot of places, a lot of vectors that you can be coming into Atlantis. Mm-hmm. You just pick one to put a giant fucking there's satellite one. around a planet? Yeah. Sure. Just on the off chance that that's the one direction the wraith come through? You never know. Let's just throw in here. Maybe once upon a time there was a lot of these. No, there wasn't. I'm dumb. They're dumb. Anyway, that's why they died. It's <laughs> sorry. This is the, how you uh, died. The satellite is dead. There's no energy readings. It's been sitting there for ten thousand years. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a low frequency repeating pattern hmm. coming from the planet hmm. that the platform orbits. It is a wraith distress signal. Hey, that's not good. There's wraith on the Christmas wreath. Credits. And a wraith sitting in, in a, a pear Christmas tree. tree. So when we come back, they're they're reporting all of this back to We Are in Atlantis. Mm -hmm. Um, Odds are that the satellite shot the ship down, and the ship's been sitting there emitting a signal for Mm -hmm. 10,000 years. McKay, of course, wants to check it out because science. Yeah. Hashtag science. Also, fun fact, it took them 15 hours in the jumper. That is a long road trip. That is quite a road trip. It's a really long road trip. Mm-hmm. Also, another fun fact, the ionization in the atmosphere conveniently makes radio communication almost a no-go. Mm. Which McKay and John give Gaul like a death glare, like the, like, shut the hand up. choke off. When they say that, they're like, we're trying to let mom let us go to the mall on our own. And Do you not- just told her about all the fucking people selling drugs there. Yeah. That we were planning to buy and smoke in the back. Stop it. So naturally, John agrees with McKay that uh-huh. how can they resist not exploring this crashed alien spaceship? We should know not to trust those two together. Their interest is purely professional. Uh-huh. I believe that. They do get the go ahead. Those go. two are going to set the house on fire one day. They Yes. But they do have to check in every three hours with mom. Mm-hmm. So they land. Did your mom make you check in every couple hours? Um, yes. But also I frequently didn't go places <laughs> the problem is is like a lot of times i was either just i was at one friend's house mm-hmm. which i do remember a couple times where i forgot the check-in time and i got in trouble oh yeah that'll happen um but otherwise basically you could find me at the high school theater there you go that or the dance studio yeah they knew when dance ended yeah and that was home i got in trouble for not checking in a lot 
I think we firmly established that we are two very different types of yeah. teenagers. However, <laughs> as I got older and wanted to play by their rules, yeah. they weren't available for me to check in with. <laughs> Exhibit A, when I traveled to Europe. Yes. By myself. Uh-huh. With my other friend. Uh-huh. Who's also basically a child. Yeah. Every time I called home, nobody picked up. See, I'll say I never, when I went, and I think I was a few years older than you when I went. Uh-huh. Uh, I was in my mid-twenties. Yeah. Um, I didn't call. I just emailed. Oh, okay. Basically, what I would do is every time I had Wi-Fi, I'd email going, we're here now. Bye. Yeah. Type no. thing. It was like, we're checking in in every country. Okay, thanks for not answering. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so they land on the desert planet and still bickering. Uh-huh. They head off in the direction, recreating a scene from Star Trek Four. <laughs> Everyone remember where we parked? Yes. As I cloak the ship. I mean, the ship was already cloaked in Star Trek Four, but just go with me on that. Just, it still works. Just go with me on that. It's now canon. They hike through in the hot, horrible sand. This is strangely this no is, longer Vancouver. No, it is. It's just outside of Vancouver. They filmed, they filmed here, and I forget um, where this is. Hold up. I have this. I have this. Hold up. <gasps> I know the place. They filmed SG-1 episodes here as well. Vancouver Desert. It's deserts. the Richmond Sand Dunes. Wow. And the Richmond Sand Dunes. Hold up. Are I'm they in Richmond? They're in Richmond, Canada. Ah. Um, I used to live in Richmond, America, so it's weird that there's a Richmond... Canada. This is the most exciting podcast, guys. guys this ever. is so much fun for all of yeah, you. Yeah, it's literally like right in. It's just south of actual Vancouver. Yeah, Got it. It's, okay, it's really close. And if I remember correctly, they have like one little spot that you can film without seeing city. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. Back to the thing. Back to northern Can- to Canada. Back to desert planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is it is hot, and we're reminded how not all the scientists are built for outdoor kid work. No, yeah, that's usually, what it's like. Usually that's McKay as well. There's still a little bit of McKay. McKay is undergoing his transformation. Well, you know, because you've got the other indoor kid who's less... He's apt. more indoor Now kid. he's like, look how cool I am. Uh-huh. I'm not as indoor kid as you, therefore yes. I'm cooler by comparison. And these little space bugs pop out very much like uh, Prodigy in SG-1. Oh, yeah. Except I need more about the bugs. Less assholey. Yeah. Um, these seem like they're good guys. They do. Well, They these, might be. I, I think these are very much just neutral. Like, these are just, like, they're base just survival there. bugs. Got it. Um, and, you know, they just kind of leave it alone like you would an angry wasp. Yeah. So they... <laughs> So they come across. You the, would think, you would think, but there's a wasp nest near our, our on our roof, and I keep wanting to touch it, and I know that I shouldn't, but I can't figure. You really out. shouldn't. No, I shouldn't. You really, but I shouldn't. really want to. As someone who has bitten, been bitten by wasps mm-hmm. and reacts to bug bites, uh-huh. you really shouldn't. No, not but good I times. So they come across the race ship. It's not quite the size of a hive ship, but it's still huge. Mm-hmm. And they land, it like, the ship landed hard here. Yeah. It's, it's half buried, and then it's also been here again, 10,000 years. Um, and John It's very see, much like the thing we find, um, what's her face on? Oh, God. Ray. 
Yes. It's like the thing that she's scavenging through. Very much that ship. Um, And through the binoculars, John can see just skeletons littering the ground outside of it. Yeah. Thankfully, there's no life signs coming from it. Super cool. Not discouraging at all. So they go take a look because they clearly don't sense any life forms coming from it. At the entrance, there's some faint power weedings. Um, some gooey membranes, mm-hmm. and they head in. Although Abrams is like, someone should stay outside. I don't like this game. But yeah. eventually he does suck it up and head in with the rest. Yikes. They wander through cobwebs and darkness and darkness and cobwebs and creepy. and It's like the best haunted house you'll ever see. And then Gaul just heads off on his own. Great idea. When you this split is the part one of Don't Split the Party. When you split the party, you really should go off on your own. Yeah. I literally split the party last night and went off on my own. You absolutely did. But at least it ended well. We didn't die. We didn't die. <laughs> Sam may do that more. Yeah. So they came, they, they come across this one Wraith soldier, just, he, he's sitting there covered in cobwebs, looks like he just sat down to die. Yeah. And... I love how John knows that Carson's going to want samples from the yeah. dead enemy gooey guy. He's like, our weird friend is going to want weird things. Uh-huh. Go get weird things for our weird friend. Man, I want to make a character based on Carson in the future. Yeah. Just a weird dude. He's going to have, like, he may be he may be a cleric, but there will be some necromancy spells in him. That works. Yeah. He'd be like a grave cleric or something. Something that, he has enough light in him. He's just also going to really like the necromancy spells. Yeah, that's fair. So, John and McKay lean down, hoping it's, I mean, it's dead. It's gotta be dead, right? (laughs) And then they discover that not only is it dead, but it died by being drained of life by another wraith. Yeah. I didn't know they could cannibalize themselves. Wraith cannibalism. They didn't either. To be fair, they didn't know they would do that either. (laughs) Yeah. That's not. You know, because this enemy needed to be any creepier. Well, that's like last resort shit. Yeah. Oh, no thanks. So Gaul calls to them from some distance away. It's just a room of stasis chambers holding former humans. It's just a, you know, food storage cellar. Literally. <laughs> it literally is a food storage Welcome cellar. Welcome to our pantry. So the ship is a pantry ship. Uh-huh. It basically, they're pretty sure it probably was bringing food to the wraith that were attacking Atlantis. Jeez. Cool, cool, cool. So, so nice. John, uh, John and McKay are going to go find the bridge. And they're going to leave the two scientists here to do a head count to get some video and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this, this science, the blue shirts wanted field work. Yeah. This is field work. Yeah, nobody, everybody thinks field work's going to be fun. It's always the shit work. It when usually you do field sucks, work. Yeah. yeah. But it's like... Everybody thinks they're going to be the one who heads the field work. Spoilers, no. Can I tell you that there's a part of my, again, all kids want to be a million things, but there's a solid part of my childhood that I really wanted to be an archaeologist and Mm -hmm. specifically a paleontologist until I realized most of that involved deserts. And math. Oh, no, the math. The math did not yeah. freak me out as much as hot deserts. Well, see, and I think of field work because, again, comm student. Yeah. I think of the amount of people you have to talk to and listen to and pay attention to. And I'm like, my brain is But full. not if you're a paleontologist. Yeah, it's true. They're all dead. They're all dead. It's just dinosaurs. Damn, that's cool. I know. Uh, so back in Atlantis, Weir makes sure Ford is ready to go for a rescue mission just in case because... She has a bad feeling about this. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's the okay. Yeah. I, I have, have a bad been. feeling about this. Well, I think she knew it was bad the minute she said okay. 
She knew it was bad when the minute was McKay and John had an idea When they idea were salivating <laughs> as they asked if they could go do the thing. Yeah. So as McKay and John go lurking through the city, uh-huh. McKay is going on about how he needs to interface with the ship and how to do it, and blah, blah, blah. And John is just contemplating how long the Wraith could feed <laughs> on all those humans. Yeah. I mean, 10,000 years is like the dawn of civilization. So really, there's no chance... At all, the, uh, any of them. Uh, I mean, there's no one could su- just no survive. Touch. Just don't think about it. That too long, hard. and they suddenly both realize that yeah, yeah, yeah. There's actually really good possibility that something's alive on yeah. the ship. You, you're 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 all screwed. And in the human cold storage pantry, uh-huh. our two blue, shirt, blue shirts are still looking around. Uh, do you think at some point they realize that you know you and I are expendable? Yeah. <laughs> do you realize that we were sent out to die? Uh huh. Yeah. So on the edge of like a nervous breakdown, and John radio signal is breaking up as he tries to tell them to fall back to the jumper. Mm-hmm. And just then a wraith ghost shows up. Golf freaks out. Abrams freaks out. Reports it to John. John and McKay start double timing it. Oh, yeah. They're like, hey, uh, we're going to die now. Bye. We'll stay dash, action, you guys. dash action. Dash yeah. action. Dash <laughs> action. We get back to the scientist. Gull has his gun drawn, pointing it at Abrams. Great idea oh, to geez. have a poorly, probably not expertly trained person pointing his pistol at his friend. Uh-huh. Um, both of them are terrified, and actually Abrams sees behind Gull a wraith drop down. Yes. Backhand Gull. And start feeding on it, on Abrams. Oh, not cool. And by the time John and McKay get there, Abrams is dead. He's aged and all is gone. He's cool. actually being dragged away by the wraith covered in cobwebs. Start of a little cocoon. That's what you do with your food. You, you know, cocoon it like a spider because that's what normal things do. I mean, that's what I do. Normal humanoid things. You place just, it in our fridge, right? Yeah, it's just a bunch of cocooned. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and now the wraith is actually on the life science detector. Um, remember... What would you do if you walked into a person's house and their fridge was just like a bunch of weird bottles? What are in the bottles? Like uh, red liquid or just a bunch of like green liquid. How well liquid? do I know the person? Is it you? Like no, like a newish friend. Yeah, no, I, I, I call... I text Grace going, call me uh-huh. to leave. Oh, okay. And they're like, sit down and they pour to you a drink. It's like the serial killer who's who's like... Bed, whose bathroom was just co- filled with bags filled with leaves. That's not weird. Remember that one? No. Is that my favorite murder? It was oh. a more recent one, and apparently his bathroom was <gasps> bags. That sounds familiar. Filled with leaves in an organized fashion, like tacked to the wall. I do remember this. Yeah, that's it's when you text someone and go SOS. Either that like or... A, it's like a blind date uh, yeah. SOS. Or when someone's house is, like, too perfectly manicured. I mean, clearly that's my house. It's like Patrick Bateman, Patrick Bateman, Patrick Bateman. Clearly that's... Here. My yeah. house is uh-huh. just way too clean all uh, You're times. such a fucking serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> Our house um, is just dogs. <laughs> dogs all the time. It's just... It exists of dog. Your, okay, your house done. is dog. Um, but remember... You know how we didn't see the wraith in the life science detector before and we see him now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't show up when they're hibernating. No, I feel like we should have known that. They do know and that. I feel like we did know that. They did know that. And we didn't think about nope, the fact they that we didn't. knew that. So Gaul is being dragged away and they take the guns and the ammo off Abrams and head out. Elsewhere, Gaul wakes up as the wraith is going through his pack and he's 
fucking terrified. Yeah. As anyone should be. Yeah. He's doing the thing that they tell you to do with serial killers. I feel like there's a lot of serial killer talking this one. Where he's like, I have this a family. This is just AKA my favorite wraith. <laughs> My favorite rape. My favorite rape. This is just the my favorite murder episode <laughs> of Atlantis. Uh-huh. My favorite Atlantis. <laughs> it is my favorite rape. I like it. So, on Atlantis, before they can be even be overdue with their check-in, Weir's like, yeah, I have a bad feeling about this. So, hey, Ford and Taylor and Markham and some other dude... Hey, red shirts. With enough ordinance to fight a small war, can you go save them? Yeah. Um, she has some intuition and paranoia running, which will serve her well. She basically, the minute she let them out, she's like, nope, this was a stupid idea. Let's go get them. Go get them. Go get them. Go get them. So. I fucked up. Ordinance is sadly the one thing that John is lacking. And he knows how much it takes to take a wraith out. So he raids that warrior's body they found earlier for his little circle-y, probably explosive devices. That'll work. The wraith just demand answers from Gaul where he's from, where his ship is, what his favorite color is, his mm-hmm. favorite drink. Gaul refuses to answer for now, at least. I mean, the wraith is just going to kill him anyway. He feels. You know, I give him. I, I'll, I'll give him that. He he tried. He tried. And he knew. He knew what was at stake. Yeah. Um, and the wraith does agree that yeah, I'll kill you, but just not all at once. And he starts to feed on him. And John McKay hear these screams and book it. You're like, oh, this is where it ends now. So the Wraith hears them coming and jumps away like some freaking weird spider monkey creature. Mm -hmm. As John and McKay find Gaul uh, with a huge wound on his chest. uh, And they can see... Yeah, the fact that he's alive. I know. Because it looks like he's just kind of like, I'm just going to punch you through the heart. Mm -hmm. Yikes. One punch man. Mm -hmm. And so they see in the lifetime detector the Wraith has left the ship. They tear the, the cocoon away from Gaul mm-hmm. as he breaks down in fear. Yikes. Almost hyperventilating. John tries to calm him down, and we also learn that Gaul is paralyzed, at least temporarily, from his shoulders down. Fuck. It is full on spider venom. Yeah. Venom? Yes. Not poison, right? Oh. Anyway. I know there's clearly a difference, and whenever I read the difference, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a difference, but then five minutes after I read it, yeah, I forget, forget what the difference yeah. is again. There. So the ghoul told Gaul ended up telling him where the jumper was, just out of I pain. don't yeah, just pain. Sure, I pain. don't fault him. Mm-hmm. Their only advantage they have right now is that um, the wraith can't fly it, mm-hmm. but he will have other weapons, their food. Not that he cares about the food or the water. Yeah, and maybe a subspace radio, which could be bad. Yikes! John is fast though, and without hearing. Anything else, John makes a judgment call to leave Gollum and Kay here, split the party, go yep, after the race in the zone. just keep splitting the party. Just keep splitting them forever and until everyone's dead. And tries to stand his ground, and John's like, I don't give a fuck. This is my call. I'm yeah. going. Yeah. Dumb. Um, he's going to try to beat them to the ship. Don't call over the radio until they hear from John, um, because they know the other jumper's going to be here eventually. Mm-hmm. 
Cut to John running. <laughs> I do love this. They're like, look, we know that we're shouldn't have let us go, which means that she probably by now knows that she shouldn't have let us go, which uh-huh. means someone's coming. Uh-huh. And I will say that um, John and I made the same joke <laughs> because I wrote down. What's the race going to do? Hotwire the jumper? Uh-huh. And then, like, maybe two seconds later, he goes, he's like, I don't no, want no, him to hotwire the jumper. jumper. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm done. So, uh, McKay breaks away the rest of the cobwebs, getting a good look at Gull's aged face, mm-hmm. hoping, like, it's just the one wraith that's left. Yikes. Yeah. Let's not wake any more wraith. And Gull, he's like, I don't want to die out here. He's like, I mean, because, and he starts joking that, like, people would talk that... Oh, conveniently, he died, and McKay's just afraid the gull would outshine him because he's yeah. so intelligent oh. and young. An attempt was made. Um, gull wants to see how much older he looks, and McKay's like, "No, oh, you look fine." I will Don't give McKay worry. credit; he's never been this compassionate. Yeah, ever, ever Mm-mm. in the show. Um, but eventually he does show him mm-hmm. his face and he's horrified. Well, yeah. McKay does his best to comfort him. This is why nature ages us slowly. Yeah. I- I'm trying to imagine what would have happened. Like, well, I look it's, of- it's a frog in a boiling pot of water. Right. Um, I just think of like, you know, you look at your face every day and you think, I look the same. But what if you were like, you took yourself 10 years ago. Yeah. And then looked in the mirror today, um, we would lose our shit. No, Grace, have you seen pictures of me 10 years ago? No, you probably look exactly the same. I have pictures of me in high school and <laughs> someone, like, I'm sure the next 10 years will not be as kind to me. Well, we'll see. But. Maybe they will. I mean, I have pictures of me in high school and <laughs> I'll look much different. <laughs> Well, some of us those are not are all some, that lucky. Those are some good genes I got from my some mother. Some of us are not that lucky. <laughs> uh, so, no, that's not a, but that's what I'm saying. It's like a boiling pot of water yeah. where if you like gradually spent the next 30 years getting to that age, you wouldn't yeah. notice this huge horrifying thing. But sure. when all of a sudden it's because a wraith has aged you artificially as they were sucking the soul out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, Listen, I could tell Grace 10 years ago that mowing the lawn won't make her calves hurt. We'll make her capture her the next day. And she'd be like, you're full of shit. You're literally just walking. Yeah. And then I could be like, nope. Nope. It does. It hurts. <laughs> Here's my thing. That's a giant fucking mirror for him to just have in his pack. That is in his weird. Vest. Yeah. That's a giant mirror. And John doesn't have that giant mirror because he later uses a little bitsy bitsy Well, tiny. maybe they have one giant mirror amongst them. And McKay likes to look at himself all the time. Like, it's a McKay giant... McKay's like the guy who sat there and, like, poked at his nose hairs to make sure they weren't sticking maybe. out. Maybe. And just plucking I'm them. I'm just saying, it's a giant fucking mirror. It is a big-ass mirror. He needs it for science. Science reasons. Yeah. Hashtag science. Uh-huh. So on the planet, uh, the Wraith follows the team's footprints, marching directly back. It's... Here's the thing. Like, you... you yeah, you can... You can cloak the shuttle... But there's a fuck ton of footprints stopping at the invisible shuttle. How about anybody wants to, like, just kind of sweep up behind y'all? Just a little bit, maybe? No? Just to comb, you said comb the desert. Yeah. <laughs> comb the desert. Um, anyway, so, so Gaul must have had the remote somehow to uncloak the ships or more than a remote? Why? Oh, no. So many loopholes. Since also, why give the remote to the red shirt? I'm thinking there's maybe more than one remote. 
Maybe Cheryl like, would not have given him randomly the remote. No, no, no. I feel like there's definitely more than one. I think when they split the party, I bet McKay and John had one. And when they split the party, they're like, here, you guys have one in case you need to run. Hopefully. That's what I think. Um, And he starts button mashing in on the jumper. Nothing works for him <laughs> because he's a wraith. Yeah. And he just screams. And John comes that like, helps. to the ridge. Sometimes that's what us. I do when things don't work. Just scream. That's how I play all video games yeah, usually. I just scream at the, yeah. Just button mash and scream. Sometimes I do that at work. Or like tilt the controller. Yeah, that was always good. Oh, when I'm playing Mario Kart, that controller is tilting like it is a steering wheel. <laughs> so rescue is on its way six hours in of the 15 hour trip. Mm-hmm. Um, no one has checked in. Well, they're like, hey, does no. anybody want to play so the alphabet game? So six hours into when they're supposed to be there. So they should have had to check in twice. And so there may be like four hours in. Yeah. Um, by the way, I don't know if I've ever mentioned to you or if you ever picked up that Ford is not in the Air Force. He's not. He's a Marine. Oh. Which is why the other two's are Marines. Wow. M- Mark, Markham and, and Random Dude are also Marines. I'm not smart enough to notice those things. Yeah. So... <laughs> Ford is or actually aware enough in so the Ford is a is a lieutenant in the Marines yeah. and not in the Air Force. We're so used to everyone being Air Force. Yeah, that, I just assume that they're yeah. all Air Force people. Yeah, no, he's a Marine. Cool. I like Marines. Marines are cool. Marines are very. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all nuts in the best way possible. So it's just Taylor and three Marines. They're about to go lay down the law on this raid. <laughs> so basically, the badasses uh-huh. of Assery uh-huh. and all of Assery-ness. Uh-huh. So yeah. on the side of the solar system. Um, it, it Ford so what, is running this rescue mission. What card games do you play? Because you can't actually. I know I made a joke. You can't actually play the alphabet game. No, you can't. Because what do you say? Oh, star again. I mean, oh, you, star again. Yeah. I mean, it depends. Is is everyone going to play except for the pilot? You can bring some Phase Ten along. <laughs> Listen, if I was going somewhere, I would bring Phase Ten. Uh huh. What do you some, play in the car? Some well, you have you have only have three, so you can't play euchre. <laughs> Never played euchre. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, that's right. That's a, that's a northern thing. Oh, uh, you need four. It's a card game where you have need four people and you sort of on teams across the table from each other, <laughs> and you collect. How do you things. play that in the car? You don't. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if if the pilot was able to go on autopilot, they could sit in the back. I guess they could do that. Yeah. What would you play in the car? All I ever did in car rides was color or look out the fucking window. I would read like, like, like I would devour books in the car. I tried and I think I would get like seasick. I now get seasick. It's the most depressing thing in the entire world. Uh, I cannot read along car trips anymore. I can't read in car trips only because I don't have the attention span. I used to <laughs> deep dive. We used to go on these long car trips, and we had like the van, so you had the extra backer on the back. Yeah, and we'd have the little like the little shelf off the back, so not yeah. everything had to be in the car or sure. car rack on top. And so the dog, they'd have two captain seats in the second row. Yeah, for me and Matt. And then the dog, we'd take one of the captain seats out, and the dog would be there. Oh, because it was, on the floor. Yeah, it's a giant dog. Yeah, it needed, needed its own seat. It's a giant dog. Well, it's on the floor yeah. in the dog bed. Well, yeah, needed its own. And so space. basically, what I would do is I'd get the back row, uh-huh. and then you'd have some suitcases next to me, uh-huh. but they'd be lower and not stacked up high, so that I could loosen my seatbelt and then turn sideways and then lay down oh. and read books for like twelve hours straight. <laughs> Jesus. 
No, I don't know what the hell I did. I devoured books. I feel I was, like I've blocked it from my memory. Those are the area that I was devouring. I read Star Trek novels for my entire high school career. And that's uh-huh. almost the only thing that I read. I would read like two Star Trek books each way. I don't know what this says about me, but I was that kid that just enjoyed looking out the window. Maybe I'm part dog. You might be part dog. Because one of my favorite games to play, and I blame my dad for this. Yeah. And you can only do this where we grew up. <laughs> is guess what's growing in that field (laughs) as you drive past it going 70 miles an hour so i can tell you (laughs) what broccoli looks like going 70 miles an hour past Uh, it i spent a couple years in indiana i guarantee if you drive by a field it's corn (laughs) yeah because you know but you learn you learn you're like oh look that's onion Oh, that's broccoli. That's hilarious. Yeah. You have never been more California <laughs> ever. No, I would sit there. I'd lay down and read and like every like. And then I'd look in other people's cars. Maybe that's no, where I, my obsession I, with people started. I did always look in other people's cars. Yeah. <laughs> but I would just like poke my head up every couple hours to see yeah. like what state we're in and then like sink back down. Or one of the games that I actually enjoy now is I have conversations of people in other cars. That I don't do. It's really fun. Okay. Where you just decide what they're saying. Like it's like it's bad lip reading. Yeah. It's basically bad yeah, lip yeah, reading. Yeah. yeah. It's really fun though. <laughs> I just pay attention to any cars with dogs in them. There you go. So John calls to McKay, letting him know that the Wraith got to the jumper first. Fucking fucker. But he's not coming back to the Wraith ship. Mm. This is his motherfucking ship. Yeah. McKay's like, the fuck are you doing, Captain Kirk? Yeah. (laughs) Get off my plane. Yeah, jeez. So John doesn't want to take the risk of the Wraith on the ship either way. Mm. He, He notices some snow next to him. And gets the feeling that thing that nights on this planet are less than warm. Yeah. Not going to be okay later. It's going to get super sucky. So if they have to wait to the rescue jumper, the guy who's been around here for 10,000 years is most likely going to win. Uh-huh. And if all goes well, John will quickly win the fight and then fly the jumper to them. And if not... Then we'll figure it out then. John's Bye. like, let's not think of it or not. Yeah. Uh, we just have to stay positive. Look, Gaul can move his toes. Things are looking up. Yay. In the most non-reassuring voice ever. Mm-hmm. So the race rummages around. He's like, hey, man, I've got really cool glasses on. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's going to be cool. Those yeah. are, you know, yeah. as others may not, I don't get to wear my sunglasses all the time. Mm-hmm. But when I do, they're aviators. Yes. Sunglasses, to me, this is a personal thing. Mm-hmm. To me, sunglasses must be aviators. And to me, Wayfarers. And I'm fairly Every certain, and I'm fairly certain, this is the one thing that I've carried over into my adult life from Top Gun. <laughs> Wayfarers. Because I was obsessed with that movie at way too young. The Grace punk kid also rock and roll see nick is more your route yeah nick is more your route yeah he has a very specific sunglasses he likes and Mm -hmm. they're much closer to your wearfarers yeah um i must have aviators (laughs) that's fine teach his own teach his own so um as as the wraith rummages around the ship john calls over the radio that this is his ship and he wants it back (laughs) And yes, the ship is Atlantean, 
And yes, your side lost. And actually tells him that he is the only wraith left living. That's a great, great fake out. It's a great fake out. Good job. Because the guy has no way to unprove it. Uh Uh-huh. So he's like, yeah, come out and we'll talk about this. And as soon as he steps out, John just lays down a volley of gunfire. Talk about it with my guns. Guns. Gun talk. And you can see (laughs) the bullet holes. Because he lays them down. Like, he goes down, but you can see the bullet holes heal as John carefully walks forward. Uh, Shoots him a couple more times for good measure. Mm -hmm. The Wraith actually stealthily picks up this pistol that was laying next to him and starts firing back at John. And hits both John's gun and his arm. Yeah, that's shitty. As he, like, shitty. dives behind a rock. That's real fucking shitty. We are learning, though, that, that John's a wild card. Yes. John's just a wild card. He's like, yeah, what can I throw now? Like, he's like the guns and ammo equivalent of throwing the sun at something. Yes. Or blowing up uh-huh. a sun. But he also, just like Jack, has a very high constitution. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Otherwise, see, yeah, here's my theory. Yeah. You're born with a high constitution, yeah. which turns you into this person. Yeah, I'm sure. This crazy person who's like, oh, I'm going to do all these weird, crazy things because anyone else who tried it once would well, die. Besides the fact that I fully believe that you pretty much have to have a high constitution to either make it through like officer training or through right. boot camp to basically be in the military. I agree. Yeah. Which is why I would fail. I, I would be tired. I'm tired thinking about it. So if my you can you can leave this part in. Okay. So if voice sounds a little weird for a bit, because just rum went through my lungs. <laughs> Next, he just tried to breathe rum. I just tried water it's breathing. A with really rum. cool magic trick. It that doesn't she work. Yeah, she hasn't quite mastered it. <laughs> um, so if I sound like I've smoked a pack of cigarettes for a while. It's your, your Catherine Hepburn voice. It's my Catherine Hepburn voice. There may be some rum stuck in there for a bit. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, he tumbles over the ridge. Mm-hmm. Just... It's a really slow tumble Ass over tea kettle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he runs off a bit further. We find out his gun is dead. Yeah. He goes to bandage his arm up as the wraith yells that John cannot hope to defeat him. Um, McKay is massaging Gull's hand. Oh... Hoping to get some movement, hoping to get some some blood flowing. It works, but Gull doesn't feel so good. Yeah. It's not going to be good, dude. No. You're a blue shirt. You're a blue shirt. John calls over the radio that round one was a draw. Hmm. Which McKay doesn't like the sound of. Uh-huh. There's, there's no way that that sounds good. And yeah, John is injured, P90 is dead, and the Wraith has a 9mm. Awesome. Everything is fine. Everything is awesome. <laughs> so he see he's seen a wraith go down with fewer shots than he like pummeled into this guy. Mm-hmm. So there's something more than just him feeding recently. If Gaul's fingers can move, stick a gun in them. Just for precaution's sake. Yeah. And as John is fiddling with the things that he took from the dead wraith, he realizes that one of them is an explosive device, which then starts ticking. And because yeah. he accidentally turned it on, so he throws it, um, and the the explosion, like, the Wraith hear it, McKay and Gull hear it. Again, just chaos, chaos Muppet. Complete yeah. chaos Muppet. And, and John's like, stay off the radio, I'm busy. Yeah. Stop playing. So Gull notices that McKay has changed. 
mm. in the few months they've been on Atlantis. Yeah. I, I get you get the fact that Gollum and Kay knew each other before they came here. Look, I made a little bag. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm playing with magnets. So he actually, like, McKay actually wants to go out there and fight. Yeah. He's like, no, you, you stupid. That's There's no way I want to go out there. Um, but McGall is impressed. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a new side of McKay. And he's like, no, John said to stay alive. Stay alive. Um, and stay they will. And um, McKay does hand Gall the gun, though. Mm. So John hides behind a boulder to see what the wraith is up to. He sits down to have an energy bar at the same time. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to keep those sugars going. Yeah. And he sees the little fireflies show up. They're attracted to the energy bar. And they're not really being shooed away. So puts a little piece on his knee. And the guy, the little firefly takes it, flies away, and comes back with more fireflies. Look, they're adorable, but why are they here? They just live on the planet. They have to have a purpose. I don't believe this is it. Their purpose is to be a distraction at the end of the episode. Nope. Okay. Okay. So he, he then throws a larger piece of energy bar away. Um, and he, he gets up to watch the wraith. Sneaks off. The wraith is messing with the controls in the back, hoping, I'm assuming, to overwrite the DNA lockout. Fuck, fucking with all the crystals. Yeah. In the sand dune, John sets off a flare, a smoke flare. Running back to the boulder he was hiding at before, the wraith sees a smoke flare. He goes out to investigate, and John takes the chance to go running. Yeah. But then is breaks his nose, basically, as he smacks face first into this force field. Yeah, and he that had a hurt hard. Here's the thing, that is a skill. Uh huh. To as an actor to play that to like ball. run and then hit a blank wall and go down like that. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't even considered that. Yeah. What if it wasn't? What if it was a green screen, like a green thing, and then removed I'm, it? I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he just he just fell. He just pressed that. Um, and he, and he, he's like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, retreat, retreat. And he goes yeah. back running. Uh, and the wraith just sees the smoke and gets a little bit of annoyed that he was tricked. Yeah. I'm surprised he was tricked. I did not think he was going to fall for it. Truly. I mean, he had a shield to protect the ship. Mm, that's so. true. Um, back with Gollum McKay. McKay wants, does want to go out there. Gollum's like, you do you, boo. Like, yeah, I'm going to die out- anyway. Yeah. I'm going to make it out of here. Uh, which McKay refuses to take as an answer. Mm. But Gaul feels it. You know? He's he's so weak, he can literally feel himself dying. And McKay, in comparison, is trying to, like, make Gaul stronger by sheer fucking stubborn willpower. Mm-hmm. Doesn't always work. No. So Gaul is fairly sure that the Wraith left him here with just enough life left that his friends would have to watch him die. Sure. And it sounds like a wraith move. It does. And of course, McKay's like, he just needs a good meal and some tea to stop talking. And so Gaul closes his eyes and lowers his head. And McKay's like, don't die. He goes, no, what? You told me to stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> Made you look. Damn it. Damn it, dude. Damn it. Yeah. So on the surface, the wraith gets back to the ship, tests the shield. Um, and John is just watching. And the reflection of his pocket knife. Uh-huh. Try and stay hidden, and throws another bit of power bar over as the fireflies come back. Uh, the wraith ends up walking through the fireflies, like trying to squish them in his hand yeah. as he goes. Trying to. I don't. I feel like they have a bigger job than we're aware of. 
I'm convinced. I think they just, they're on the planet. I want more from them. Okay. I don't want them to be this, there's not enough story for them, for them to be this important. See, and I very much got it of, it's just the local wildlife. I mean, maybe. Like, they don't seem intelligent. They're not intelligent in any way. I mean, they're intelligent enough to know where the food is. Well, that's just baseline survival. Bees know where the food is. I think we need to know. Bees are smart. No, bees are. No, no I'm not saying they're like. I'm just running. Bees still run on baseline survival. Welcome even to if Grace, the bug protector show. <laughs> Listen, I used to collect worms yeah. <laughs> after it rained in a bucket, okay? <laughs> no. Um, I just feel like there's got to be more to them, or, or they. They're taking, they're a lot of a distraction. I think they're like, hey, we needed this plot point, so let's make them. We did a thing like them in an SG-1 episode yeah. a while back. All right. So on the surface, the Wraith gets back to the show. Oh, no, we did that part. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rescue team might be just close enough <laughs> to get a radio signal. Uh, and they're about an hour out, and they're going to try and push it to get a little faster. So the Wraith starts calling out and taunting John. Mm-hmm. John left actually a radio on the ground. The Wraith goes on taunting. John's like, I can't hear you, like, trying to threaten to suck my life out unless yeah. you hit the button on the radio. Sorry, bye. He's actually not that far away and can hear mm-hmm. the entire thing. <laughs> but under the radio is another explosive, and it goes boom. Thanks. And the Wraith goes flying. Um, he's not moving and his face is all burnt up. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Nice traps. So McKay and Gull hear this other explosion and they, it's, you know, just barely inside the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, McKay is super worried about John at this point. Gull's like, go. Yeah. And well, he really should. And McKay's like, I'm not going anywhere. He's like, no, go and fucking save the day. Yep, and then come back for me when you're done. Bye. So McKay runs through his options. He just wants to call John on the radio, but he knows he's not supposed to, because if he does and the Wraith hear him, then odds are, you know, blah, blah, blah. He goes on. And and all of this is racing through McKay's mind and through McKay's mouth in the back. Mm -hmm. You just see Gull pick up the pistol and make the decision for McKay. This part is horrifying. It is absolutely horrifying. This part is really tough to watch. As it's meant to be. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. I feel like Rodney's been through a lot. He's he had is. to change a lot. He's being... but it, it, This will definitely change who he is as a human being. My favorite is that he's not necessarily um, being forced to change willingly. Well, that's what I mean. Like, he's just going to be... like. If the writers are good. Yeah. And so far, I love our writing teams. Yeah. The... The McKay that we see next time will not be the same McKay that left here. No. Or that came here. There's just no fucking way yeah. you come out of that. No. Anyway. It's, it's, yeah, that, that is a, like, life-altering thing. Yeah. Absolutely it is. So, the wraith out in the sand actually opens his eyes, mm-hmm. um, gets up, continues to taunt. Um, he's fed on thousands of humans, Atlanteans, his old crew, and he will feed upon John before the day is done. And he starts shooting blindly in John's direction with a 9mm. Mm-hmm. When suddenly, Ford's voice comes out of the radio. But Yay. they're still 20 minutes away. God damn it. Um, he tries to tell Wraith that, look, I'm your only ticket off the planet. Only I can fly the ship. And the Wraith's like, well, all I need is your fucking hands. 
Yeah. That's where I would make up the lie. It's like, no, I have to be alive when the blood has to be flowing. Sorry, bye. <laughs> you need me alive. Um, but both John and the Wraith are out of ammo. And John just comes at him with a knife, which he sticks into the Wraith's hands. The Wraith gives no shits about it and just sends John flying. And as the Wraith walks yeah, away... Yeah, that was a nice attempt. Like, a very heroic attempt. Yeah. Like, oh, God. You're it's not, not going to go anywhere. well. Yeah. Uh, and, and as the Wraith walks away, McKay shows up and starts firing his 9mm. Yeah. Yeah, are he And McKay's like, what do I do? Just yeah, like, how, do I, how do I do this? And the Wraith turns and slowly starts to, like, like Jason Voorhees march <laughs> towards McKay, taking every shot almost. And he runs out of ammo. He's like, now what? John's like, fucking reload. Yeah, do it again. And keep doing that. And now that Wraith is, like, stuck, you can't decide Wraith is going to go after McKay or go after John. Mm-hmm. And Ford calls down that they now have him on the HUD. Thank God. And on the planet, John gets another energy bar out. And as McKay has no bullets left, John gets up, pistol whips the Wraith from behind. Again, like, okay, fine, but I don't know how good that's going to be in the long run. He didn't mean to pistol whip him for damage. Yeah. He was pistol whipping as a distraction to stick the energy bar in his belt. Sure, sure. He didn't intend to that be, like, actual damage at this Wraith. Yeah. That was just a distraction. Um, And the fireflies, because of the energy bar, now swarm the Wraith. Mm Mm-hmm. So he tells Ford to lock on to the biggest life sign they can see and fire. Mm-hmm. They don't give a shit that they're too close. Just fire. Yeah. So, which they do. McCain and John run. A few squid missiles are launched. Bye-bye, Wraith. Seriously, the amount of firepower that they had to use it to kill that thing. not surviving that shit. No. Also, my theory. Yeah. They killed all these bugs. Yeah. Bug Vendetta. <laughs> Is coming for the Atlanteans. A bug okay. vendetta is coming. Okay. That's what I think. <laughs> so McCain and Ford are still alive. The Wraith is dead. The rescue team will be there in a few minutes. John thanks McKay. Hmm. Everyone checks that they're all right. Mm-hmm. John goes, Gall? He's like, yeah, let's yeah, no. changing subject. Hey, you and I made it. Hey. And uh, and he looks away. Mm-hmm. And they walk back to the ship. Have to put it back together again. <laughs> Once they get the shield done, at least, that is. Um, John will even let Rodney fly home. Yeah. He's oh. like, oh, thanks. And they fade out. Damn it. Um, the bugs are coming back. <laughs> That's you are so focused on bugs. I am so honed in on these bugs. And I couldn't tell you why, but I just am. Um, I want to see what happens to McKay. This was an interesting episode. It was. It's one of those where it's not... It doesn't frequently go on my list of, of ones I always watch. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm actually going back to pull up because we haven't in a while done the, the top ten. It's not one I watch frequently. Uh-huh. But when I do, it's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um this is us. This is the awesome sounds of us searching for uh-huh. a document. I found it. Thank goodness. Okay. Where are you? Okay, there it is. There it is. Um, let me also bring up, just so you have it, just so we haven't missed, because we didn't put the eye of the storm, and I know for fact, for fact that goes on my list. Yeah. Um, so I'm like looking through here. 
I still have Poison the Wells number one. Guys, this is a really exciting thing for it you. Is. It's us pulling up websites on an audio it's super. podcast. Um, I am going to say that I'm counting the eye, the storm in the eyes, one episode. Okay. Um, and that actually beats out Rising, but does not beat on under under poisoning the well for me. Mm-hmm. So underground is actually off my list. So my list, and I do like this episode, but it doesn't make my list. So my list for uh, Stargate Atlantis, season one, so far, top five, Ford Nixie, Poisoning the Well, The Storm in the Eye, Rising, 38 Minutes, and Suspicion. Let's see. I think this goes under. Um, oh, do I want to add The Storm in the Eye? Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh Childhood and I have childhood and on here. Yeah, that's the one with the kids. With the kids, the kids on that the... can't grow older. Oh, I do like that one. Yeah, I knew you did. It had like moral questions and shit in there. Yeah, it does. And you're like a moral quandary person. I do like those moral quandaries. I have to add the storm in the eye in. Okay, but what are you getting off the list? Um. Maybe I kick out, not 38 minutes, because that one's kind of great. Maybe. I mean, your other options are rising or suspicion. Yeah. I think I kick off childhood end. Okay. It's going in there at the end? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, you're right. This one doesn't make the cut. No. It's fun. It's it's definitely a fun episode, but it doesn't make the cut the same way these do. Yeah. Uh, the Storm in the Eye kind of tell us what's at stake and what happens. Honestly, another good one is Home. Home is really good, and I really love Home. But again, it's just one of those... You know, here's the thing that I find really interesting about Atlantis is that I feel like Atlantis didn't necessarily have that first season drought that a lot of sci-fi shows had. Mm-hmm. You know, even even SG one, yeah, the first season is not. There's a, a couple suit. of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, think to me, Home Cement's like, no, we're here. Yeah, Atlantis, I think, <sighs> came out of the gate running, and I think had a far more interesting, diverse, and successful first yeah. season than a lot of shows. Well, did. it had the advantage of SG one. It did coming and building a lot of this world before them. Yeah, but the reason I like Home, I may end up putting it back on my list is home kind of I don't want to say it's 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 a resignation cuz it's not a resignation. Yeah. But it's the people on Atlantis realizing that they're here. They're not resigned to be here but they're like no we're really going to dig our heels in we're here now. I think they've been there the hopes of, of being rescued or being mm-hmm. found are still there. I but will, now they're making this theirs. I get that. And I will say it'll be interesting to see if but home because I think there are some other episodes coming up without oh, saying spoilers. Sure. That sort of deal with that same issue. Because when you are in a situation like this, when you are in a city that mm-hmm. is completely cut off, it's, you know, completely cut off yeah. from home. There are issues that you have to deal with that not other, even like ships out on the ocean or submarines that have to be sort of, um, can't have radio contact for a while, even they don't have to deal with the same It's issues. almost like, like 
stages of grief. Yeah. Like grieving the loss of Earth. And, and they've come to this sense of acceptance yeah. through home. Because even if you, say, had a colony on Mars, mm. you're not cut off. You have a delay in signal, but you're sure. not cut off. Yeah. So I think there you can't not have things that delve into that. Coming yeah. Up, so. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, we'll see where that goes. But, I'm excited. But next week we are looking at Stargate's Stargate SG-1. SG-1. I was like, Stargate 1? Stargate SG-1. Uh, the episode, It Is Good to Be King. It's good to be. Is it about Tom Petty? Yes. Okay. And also a familiar face comes back. Tom Petty. Yeah, Tom Petty yeah. comes back. Uh, guys, we'll see you next week with Tom Petty. Yep. Um, <laughs> until then, find us on Twitter at Tara Podcast. Find us at Facebook at There's No Place Like Tara. Email us at There's No Place Like Tara at gmail.com. Read us, like us, review us. Oh, Patreon comes before then. Patreon.com slash There's No Place Like Tara. Rate us, like us, review us, and we'll see you guys with Tom Petty tomorrow. Bye. Next week, not tomorrow. Yep, same thing. Yep. I know words. Bye. Bye. <laughs>